her blonde ambition. Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A Southern Storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Now on, well, has been on Pantheon Podcast for a while. Uh, and there you can go to find your most preferred uh, music genre podcast there with me always is jason what's going on man happy new year it happy is happy new year to you the new year again i think how long how long how long should you tell people happy new year like what is the right amount of time um i don't know like two weeks into the but year first time maybe you see somebody at the month. most yeah, at the most. I think so too. Same time you should be taking down your Christmas decorations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 pulled those out over the weekend, right on New Year's Eve is typically yeah. when we take our Christmas decorations down. My wife gets over it right away and I'm good with it. So off they go. How are you doing, man? You had to you had an awesome live music experience with some of our favorite guests. I did, yeah. And we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Um, yeah, I got to see the Kentucky Headhunters for the first time. Uh, got to meet Boone, Brother Boone Froggett as well. Um, you know, is cool to talk to him. Like, you know, he's just a mellow dude, and he's like, he's I, a super quiet kind of guy too. It's just cool, you know. Um, he's a thinker. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just, uh, you know, we watched most of the show, you know, from the kind of there's a upstairs balcony thing, and then I went down for like the last couple, two, three songs, and uh, it was just great. It's great. Just, just you know and got to you know of course richard was kind enough to give my wife and i all access and uh hung out with him and fred you know in in the bus beforehand and you know went back out afterwards um to uh hung out a little bit outside the bus kind of waited for a while and kind of poked their heads in there and one of their guys crew guys whatever it's like hey you know richard told us to come back here like oh okay come on come on he's like yeah i just want to make sure like he I've had to kick a lot of people off this bus. <laughs> oh, I bet. So how'd they sound? Like how'd they sound? How it was they awesome. It was just incredible. Yeah. It, it was, you know, great. You know, you know, other people are saying, you know, like, man, they just get better with age. Yeah. yeah. They're incredible. And I love the way Doug Phelps plays the bass too. Uh, awesome. Plays that thing on like the guitar. That had to be a really cool experience. Yeah. For sure. And thanks to those guys, too, for getting you access and doing all that. It is always nice. We make a lot of friends through this podcast where people will do stuff like that for us, too. You know, give us tickets, give us whatever we need to do. And I'm very thankful that we've made connections that where that happens. Yeah. They threw me the T-shirt, too. So, man, just. Yeah. It's a lot of good people out there. You know, a lot of good people out there. We love them. And they're from Kentucky. Yes, they're from Kentucky. We love and we Kentucky. love talking to people from Kentucky. We're obsessed whether with Kentucky. We are. Whether yeah. it's musicians. Well, you know, the Robert Johnson sold his dole. Sold his dole. Robert Johnson sold some bread dough. Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. But I don't know if I believe that because I think the crossroads are actually in Metcalf County. Because there can't I, be I, that many great musicians clustered in one place. That's true. So, I'm going I'm going with you on that. 
you know, who we've, we've talked to everybody, you know, almost everybody, you know, like a lot of people, you know, you know, Greg and Richard and Boone, you know, and, uh, you know, the guys in Mojo Thunder and it goes on and on. So like, hey, man, of course, we heard so much about, you know, talking to Boone, Boone's Mojo Box, Greg's Feeder Flats pedal, Chris Robertson for Blackstone Cherry, you know, his Dose Fuzz, who makes these pedals? And there's a company called Analog Pedals, and the guy that does these pedals, his name is Jeff Bolin, uh, another great Kentuckian. Um, so we got to hear all about this stuff. And you guys, you know, guitar players, get ready because you're going to hear some great stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. A little bit of how pedals are made, why they're made, and all everything in between, Brian. Yeah. So you guys uh, kick back and relax and listen to our conversation with Jeff Bolin from Analog Pedals right out of Kentucky. here at the guest segment of the podcast i always throw it with jason he's going to introduce our guest today and i'm excited to introduce our guest we got a great guest uh somebody from the effects pedal musical instrument side and we don't really get a chance to talk to a lot of guys in that area so joining us tonight jeff bowen from analog pedals how you doing jeff oh i'm great i'm great thanks for having me no, you, you're not in Metcalf County, but you're in a county no. adjoining close. Taylor, yeah. Taylor. Uh, Edmonton, Glasgow, they're about an hour away. Uh, you know, Blackstone Cherry, they're from the Edmonton area. Uh, and and the headhunters are from around there, too. Greg, Greg lives in Glasgow. We were chatting before how, like, you know, how you hear about Robert Johnson going to, to you know, sell his soul to the devil at the crossroads. But uh, I don't believe that story anymore. I think the crossroads are in Metcalf County. Kentucky Crossroads. Cedar, Cedar Flat, Kentucky. That's it's something in the water there. Yeah, that's where everybody <laughs> sold their soul to the devil to become. Kentucky Crossroads even rolls off your tongue better than, you know, Mississippi Crossroads or anything else. Kentucky Crossroads. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's something in the water there in Cedar Flat, man. <laughs> lots of good guitar licks it's <laughs> well let, let's let's kind of start there because when we talked to greg and richard you know they mentioned you know uh when they were doing itchy brothers that's being influenced by buster brown and it goes back mm -hmm. that far and i know greg has talked about like there being a scene like in the late 60s in louisville oh yeah oh yeah uh now now buster brown see there's there's two 
uh, two parts of Buster Brown. Mm-hmm. See, there was the Buster Brown in the seventies, and then there's the Buster Brown in the eighties. So the Buster Brown in the eighties uh, is what more what I'm familiar with, right. and that and two guys uh, from that Buster Brown actually went on to big bands. Uh, the singer can't remember his name, but he went on the scene with like Foreigner. And the drummer, James Kotak, he went on to play with Kingdom Come, Warrant, and then the Scorpions. So, but the 70s uh, Buster Brown, that's what Greg uh, and Richard, who they really pulled a lot of influence from. And they were more of a blues based, I think. Band. Yeah, it, it, it seems, you know, that's not uncommon there. For some reason, Y&T popped into my head because if you listen to Y&T <laughs> from the 70s and then the yeah. 80s when they're doing lipstick and leather and contagious. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. Um, so Dave Minichetti was, yeah. was in that. Dave Minichetti, oh, fantastic. Who was the guy that you said sang for Foreigner? Uh, was that in between I, I Lou Graham and Kelly Hansen? It was, it was, I, I'm thinking it was in the 90s. At some point, maybe the mid nineties. Foreigners uh, had did like a four or five couple of years, singers, haven't they? Yeah, it's he like did a he did a couple of years, and uh, um, and then I think they got Lou Graham back after him. Okay, right I, I, I feel I feel terrible. I can't remember the guy's name, but come uh, on for not knowing all the foreigner <laughs> trivia, Jeff. Come on, how how can you talk to us yeah. about your guitar well, pedal? effects pedal shop if you don't know every singer singer foreigner if if you're talking to any of the kentucky musicians and you don't know these guys then you know your band you know you're well foreigners <laughs> not from kentucky are they no but the the the, the singer the singer and the drummer james yeah. kotak and the the singer was from you threw out kingdom come that's a band i haven't heard of them forever and i really dug their oh, first man. two albums and they kind oh, of yeah. just disappeared Oh yeah, and and you know James Kotak was a huge part of that. Which uh, Lenny Wolf, the singer, is you know it's his band, but yeah. but James Kotak was a big part of their success because he was an amazing drummer. You know, was there anybody uh, else? The beginning, of, the beginning of "Get It On." You know, yeah. I mean, just killer drum riffs. Everybody always said like White Snake was a little bit of Zeppelin. I thought Kingdom Come had way more Led Zeppelin than White Snake did, and nobody ever really seemed to talk about that. Like I dug it. They weren't aping Zeppelin, and the lead guitar player was playing a Strat, not a not a not a uh, Les Paul, but I thought they had a very similar sound. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Was there any other bands like in the mid '80s, like you know how every band went to los angeles and you know we coming from just about any state is there anybody you know that like went out there and tried to make it you know besides you know we talked about with buster brown anybody i can't think of like i I was a huge metalhead and i used to remember all the bands from whatever state they came from like i can't think of anybody from kentucky i'm sure there's something uh, i there was there was there was there was several uh on the christian music scene there was a band called bride Okay, and yeah, yeah. They were from Kentucky. They went out to LA and you know, they they did that whole LA scene and they got pretty big in the Christian market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did, yeah. Uh, and and I, I like I said, I'm sure there was many others. I, I just can't, you know, think. I mean, Kentucky, honestly, Kentucky's produced a lot of big name musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh 
you know, but a lot of them have just been um, in in bands, you know, that you kind of get lost. But, you know, Kentucky has produced a lot of big national artists. Well, yeah, as well as movie stars can, you know, a lot right. of the movie stars have come from Kentucky. Well, Johnny Depp. And then he was in that band, Rock City Angels. Right, George Clooney, know. right? George Clooney. I mean, yeah. Stur <laughs> Sturgill Simpson as well, right? Mm -hmm. Steve Gorman's from Kentucky. There's right. been a lot. And uh, the the Hunger Games chick, uh, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. She's from yeah. Louisville. Uh, oh. Um, the other Jennifer band, Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. That's it. Jennifer yeah, yeah, yeah. The other bands I was here about to get mentioned is uh, Tail Dragger and Super Fuzz. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, Love them. Uh, you know, Super Fuzz uh, and Dean, Dean Smith, the, the bass player yep. for Rufus Huff, came yep. from Super Fuzz. Right. Dean is mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. He's an amazing bass player. I love his style. I love his tone. He's got that, you know, that Ampeg tone. That's It's right kind of – it's kind of fuzzy for a bass. You know, it's kind of fuzzy, and it just sounds so good. You know, uh, and Dean really Dean nails it. Yeah, and Jared Jared England doing his Black Mountain Prophet records are great. Mm -hmm. He's a fantastic musician. Oh, Rufus great Huff is musician. a great super group of Kentucky musicians. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, their 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 debut album. You know, I mean, there's so many good songs on that. I mean. To me, if it could have ever been picked up by something, a major label or something, I think it, it could have really done well because there's so many good songs yeah. on that one. You know, High on Heaven Hill, 13 Days. There's so many good ones on that that debut album. And uh, I hope they keep it up. I hope they can, you know, I know they're just doing shows here and there. I hope they keep it up. Well, well let's yeah. Greg like get after it on guitar a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You know, he really gets yeah. to show his chops. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. With the with the headhunters, uh, you know, they have a format. The yeah. headhunters have a format. They they, you know, Greg come out of the '60s, late '60s with Cream and Hendrix, uh, you know, and and he's got so much of that. Uh, his style and with Rufus Huff, he gets to let it go, you know. <laughs> when we had Greg and Jared on when they did that reunion gig, and Jared's like, Yeah, those kids from Otis used to follow us all around. <laughs> <laughs> well, another they Kentucky did. band, Boone, you know, another Kentucky guy. Yeah. Um, what can I say? I love I, I, what I love about Boone, I love his voice. He's got some great licks, you know. Yeah, he does. But I love Boone's voice. To me, oh, God, Boone yeah. has a soulful, you know, it's, what yeah. can I compare it to? I mean, Aretha Franklin, you know, or something, you know, he's packed full of soul. And I he's love that. He's one of those that. people that you look at him and then you hear him singing, you're like, that voice is coming out of that guy? Yeah, yeah, right. Or, yeah. you know, like, holy shit. <laughs> and I always tell him, you know, uh, which – They've had so many, uh, but that John Brim tribute is my favorite mm -hmm. uh, that Otis did. And uh, Trouble Times, golly, man, I, I listen to that. I just, I feel it. You know, I can feel that song. <laughs> you know? 
He's so soulful. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. So how does this all start? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming we're assuming you're a guitar player. How, how do you get into what leads to you going, hey, I'm going to make my own pedals? And how do you do that? Started in like 2018. Now, let me start before that. I play in an ACDC tribute band. Oh, uh, I'm nice. Angus in an ACDC tribute band. Okay, cool. I had a side project, you know, uh, just we jammed in my basement. My, you know, and my best friend was playing. Uh, guitar with me and he had a Klon Centaur, a real Klon Centaur uh, that he had, you know, he had ordered, uh, he had, you know, called the dude on the phone and, and, you know, and it was like $299, I think is what he paid for it. Uh, And I love that boost that he got with it, you know, uh, because he, he stacked it. And so he ran it after an overdrive and when he would want his, you know, he would turn the gain off and use the volume. But when he boosted it, man, it was just an explosion. And I, and I love that. I want it. But, you know, at, at that point in time, when, when he was playing with us, you know, they were already $3,000 for a clone. You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, so I was like, I'll make one. And that was it. I made it and it didn't work. So I started on something simpler. I did a little fuzz pedal and progressed from there. How do you know how to make a pedal? What is your background? Uh, YouTube. <laughs> Yo, hey, here's some circuit chip and some capacitors and you know, whatever. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna solder everything together. Uh it it was a lot of watching videos, learning how to etch circuit boards. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole process of that etching a circuit board and um uh, and just getting everything just right. And you know, so it starts out I was etching common circuits, uh you know, um tube drivers and, and things like that. Uh but then I really started researching, I started messing with other software programs and uh and then I, I, I uh, 
met a, a good friend uh, in Louisville, Clint Fackler. He owns a company called Fackler FX. Um, and he's an engineer. And so me and him really got, you know, uh, talking and he helped me a lot. Um, you know, so he showed me a lot how to, you know, the circuits. And now it's, we toss ideas back and forth to each other, uh, until we come up with something. Uh, and you know, so things like the dose fuzz, um, my sugar buzz fuzz, the, uh, even the cedar flat lightning, uh, is all, uh, with that. And, um, with, with, with Clint Fackler helped me out a lot. As a guitar player, were you a guy that would mess around with gear, whether you're taking apart an amp, taking apart pedals, try to try to kind of screw around with stuff? Well, uh, naturally curious about the electronics and things that go into your instrument. Yes. Uh, I, I've, I've always been a tinker. Yeah. That's uh, the word I was looking for, tinker. Yes, yeah. thank you. Uh, and you know, I, I, I remember, and it, and it still kind of, I kick myself, but, uh, years ago I had an original ADA flanger, uh, and those are, if you know, those are like the creme de la creme of flangers, mm -hmm. you know, and it was original seventies ADA. And, uh, anyways, uh, this was, I was in my late teens and I had it and I was taking it apart. I was going to try to clean it up. I took it apart. And I think a pot broke off and mm -hmm. uh, potentiometer, uh, and I couldn't get it back. I give it to a friend. He wound up losing it. So I was like, uh, and now, you know, cause ADA Flanders are really expensive and, uh, kind of hard to find. But, uh, I, I did finally get another one. Uh, I do have, another one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've always been a tinker uh, to take stuff apart. Not all the time be able to get it put back together, but, you know. <laughs> and guitars, guitars are, you know, uh, taking them apart, trying different things, different pickups, different tuna machines, you know, um, different bridges. It's a little Eddie Van Halen-ish, too, you know, with trying yeah. to – Frankenstein, like he did this Frankenstein, right? What works here? What gets the sound I'm looking for? And try a bunch of crazy stuff. I think it's it's really you're tinkering, uh, you know, out of necessity because sometimes it's they just you can't get things on guitars. Like you know, I'm uh, obsessed with the Vega trims, uh, uh, tremolo systems, mm -hmm. and you know, they don't put those on straps and they don't put them on any other, you know, you have to buy those separate. So it's like, you know, my Hendrix strap, I, you know, I, I got a Vega trim and put it on. It's super simple to put on, but it's that out of necessity because Fender doesn't have a model with a Vega trim, you know, um, pickups. Sometimes, you know, I just, I get a guitar and I'm not crazy about the pickups and, you know, uh, put something in it that I know I like. I've got a Charvel Tele and then I put uh, the DeMarge Evolution uh, pickups in. That one right there, you probably can't see them, but... Yeah, so dark. Are those the, active pickups? No. No, okay. The, the pickups that came in this are active, were okay. active, and I hated them, you know? Yeah. Because... <laughs> 
I'm one, I, I'm, I'm the kind of guitar. I, I plug a guitar in, I just leave it plugged in and you run the battery down, you know, yep. active yeah. electronics. And so, uh, yeah, so I that's have to take, take all that out and I put the DiMarzios in. Unless you're doing like really crazy metal or stuff like that, you really don't need active pickups. No, no, they're a little bit, a little bit too hot for me. Is there any way you no, can? I said nine volts are expensive. <laughs> they are. Yep. <laughs> Is there any way you can explain, like in layman terms, like I wonder, like what, what kind of wiring and stuff, whatever inside these pedals make the different sounds? Like what makes the delay? What makes the flange? What makes the fuzz? What you know? I mean, is there any way to kind that's of a, like? That's a good ways. question, Brian. That was on my list, so that's a good one. For like uh, overdrives and distortion pedals, um, a lot of it has to do with the the um, diodes, uh, the transistors. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's, you know, they, they get their uh, overdrive and everything from, like, chips, uh, ICs. Uh, now, when you get to things like modulation, uh, you get more into the IC, uh, the, the chips. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, a lot of those, like, uh, back in the day, you know, chips were, were more analog. They were bucket brigade chips. And uh, those started getting phased out. And it, you started using uh, more digital chips. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so a lot of modulation pedals, um, flangers, phasers, uh, delays, echoes, use those. Uh, chips, those uh, uh, digital chips. But like I said, with overdrives, distortions, it's more of uh, transistors um, like the Klon Centaur. They've got those particular diodes, you know, that uh, Bill Finnegan uh, had, you know, the, the magical diodes. <laughs> uh but yeah, that's so. Uh, that's a lot of uh, the the guts uh, of what makes you know, like a distortion pedal, distortion pedal, or um, a modulation pedal. You know that. Are Are you like a historian when it comes into pedals? Like how they first came out? For uh, you, no. the only <laughs> one thing I do know is like I have a satisfaction fuzz, and that was obviously yeah. from this. You know, Keith Richards that song. And apparently, like, he was using one of the first fuzz pedals. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I'm just wondering if you dig into the Keith, history of pedals. Keith, yeah, the Satisfaction. Um, yeah, that was that was some of the first fuzz uh, that, that, you know, got recorded. Uh, and if you notice, I mean, it's a real nasty sound of fuzz. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bright, you know, it's like... <laughs> A lot of fuzz you hear now from like when when Hendrix uh, came out in the later '60s and was recording his his fuzz had more body to it. It had more bottom end. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that Keith Richards fuzz that was real raspy, high end yeah. fuzz. Um, no, but as far as historian, no, I'm really not. You know, uh, I, I just. I just kind of do what I know. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, my buddy Clint, his, he taught me a lot uh, about it. I, I'm no engineer by no means, you know, uh, but I've been playing guitar for 42 years. Mm 
<laughs> well, I almost wonder too is, you know, do you have to almost be electrical engineer to, to look the pedal? Because you're saying, hey, there's all these components, but there's got to be a series, mm -hmm. you know, circuits designed to them to be able to do that. So do you yeah. just replicate what you're seeing on YouTube or the internet? Are you consulting with your friend? Because I, I would figure some kind of electrical engineering would be well, helpful. Uh, honestly, if you think about it, um, there hasn't, as far as original overdrives or original distortions, I mean... Basic templates out there and you kind of follow them with a little bit of change? Has, I mean, really, the, the Klon Centaur was probably the last really real original. I mean, everything... I, I, I ain't going to say everything, but a lot of pedals have were taken off of like the tube screamer, you know, mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it's, it's not, what am I saying? It's like, uh, just reinventing the wheel. Well, there's know? only so many things that you can do. So I think is what you're so telling it, right? You there, there's do. a specific yeah. pattern design yeah. recipe. You could do a couple little tweaks to it, but it's relatively the same. Now I will say, you know, Brian Wampler, his pinnacle pedal that was pretty darn original you know he didn't use any uh chips in his pedal and that pedal was all transistor based j201s mm -hmm. uh, and i have a similar pedal that i based it off of that you know and it's my kentucky hot brown and i that's what i use i swear by that pedal <laughs> you know, it's it's an amazing uh overdrive and Jeff, I too, you know, we know how you got your start a little bit trying to build this clone pedal for one of your buddies. But what, you know, now you've got this business with even mm -hmm. signature pedals. What made you feel or want to even go into kind of doing this as a business? Uh, well, when I, I think some of it was when I, I think Steve, uh, Steve Jewell was the first one to contact me and, and, asked me to make him a pedal so you know, why did he contact you though like what what who sent him off in your direction and why i you know i, well, I think I, I i started it you know because i had already i built my website i'd started just to, and i wasn't having i wasn't selling much yeah. you know it's like built to and, order stuff it's like hey you get an order in you're putting it together you're not like you have inventory yeah. And okay. like I said, I, you know, I had Steve on my friends list on Facebook because I've been a huge Otis fan for years. And so Steve contacted me, asking me if he had, you know, if I could make him a, a Univibe clone. I did, you know, I made that his Univibe. I mean, he's like, can, can you, you know, can we do a, a deal, signature deal, you know? And this was when he was, Steve Jewell was still in Otis. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did, we did the Univibe clone for him, made it his signature pedal. Uh, and then, uh, and then, um, Boone, the head Boone's Mojo box came out with that. <laughs> and then, uh, that's when Chris Robertson contacted me and, uh, was wanting me to do uh, a pedal for him. And that's when the, it just exploded you know, uh, it just took off. I started selling them things all over the world, you know, literally all over the world. All word of mouth <laughs> through the musicians and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Hey, Steve, someone's going to Steve, like your box or, you know, um, booms yeah. and saying, Hey, what is that? Where'd you get that? Yeah. 
And uh, like I said, I, I did, uh, I, I probably did a couple of uh, videos of some of my pedals and, and mm -hmm. they saw them, you know, uh, and I said, it, it, that's when it took off. When Chris, when Chris uh, made his, his pedal and he made that little video he made, it just exploded. Yeah. Well, Blackstone Cherry, you know, is a very, you know, along with Headhunters, you know, most well-known bands in Kentucky, arguably. So I can understand yeah. where once got into Blackstone Cherry line. It, it which, what's crazy is, you know, here in the U.S., Blackstone, which they're, they're huge here. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. But like in England, in the U.K., they're like Led Zeppelin. I mean, they're yeah. massive. Yeah. Yep. Over in the U.K., <laughs> You know, which is so a shame. A lot of a lot of mid-level bands are like that in the UK. Like we talked to a lot of artists that, but man, they kill it in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I said, and that's where I sold most of my pedals to. Uh, was mm. in the UK. It was amazing. Interesting. Just because <laughs> made of a lot the Blackstone of Cherry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, this past year, uh, we sent one to Lee Anderton from uh, it from Anderton's. And Anderton's, yeah, little, the big music shop over there. I watch their videos all the time. He made a little video uh, with it, with with the Dose Fuzz. Are um, they selling them for you over there, or just were they just testing them out? No, I just sent him one. He asked me to send him a price list, and I'm sorry, Lee, I haven't done it yet. Come <laughs> on, Lee, just got a business to run. <laughs> no, it's not him. It's me. I've just. Uh, it caught me right in the middle as I was moving. I moved this past year into a new house uh, where I've got a bigger shop. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it kind of caught me at a really bad time. Uh, but I'm eventually, I will get him a price list. You know? <laughs> and I, I've tried to do things like uh, uh, instead of etching my circuit boards myself, I've, I've kind of priced around it how much it would cost to yeah. get them made yeah and it's it's expensive <laughs> it's really expensive uh so i don't know we'll have to see how uh, the company progresses um was the greg cedar flats pedal was that like the most recent signature that you did yeah um uh yeah 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 um it's uh, it's based off of the Echoplex preamp. Now, um, Dunlop has already, you know, they've made the Echoplex preamp pedal. Uh, you know, Greg wanted his to be more like the EP4, which the EP4 Echoplex had a tone stack or a tone section. And so he wanted that on his. So it's basically like an EP3 with a uh, preamp with a tone uh, potentiometer on it um it's, it's really good i mean I, I you know there's certain players out there like uh rick willis from marshall tucker band can't play without it he he you know he uh this past year he he was playing and i guess it went down something happened and he was panicked you know he panicked <laughs> so i got him i like overnighted him another one you know <laughs> Uh, but it's it, it's it's more Greg's pedals more of a uh, let's say a tone a tone shape shaping pedal that it gives you a little bit of a boost 
but it is it it's a it you know you plug it in i, I mean i i use uh i use marshall origin 50s uh which is okay. you know without anything is a very kind of a dry you know uh you put that in it just makes it so crisp you know it's just it, it's a very i don't know what the the uh the tone shape it does on an eq but it's 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 it just makes it real crisp and full so you're kind of telling us there like what greg's pedal does you know so can you kind of like kind of brief you know boone did a demo of his mojo box but you can talk about like what his pedal does specifically and then mm -hmm. steve and then chris yeah uh, like I said, Greg's Greg's just makes everything really crisp and it cleans out. You know, it's a very nice pedal. Uh, Where do you put that in the chain, though? Is that like a last? Last, okay. Uh, I mean, of course, everything is you can because you want all the signals but, to go through that to shape them to your point, yeah. right? Okay. Well, you know, and and my thing was, you know, when guys used echoplexes, they would always put the echoplex at the very end of the chain. Mm -hmm. You know, and and that's where so that's that's where that preamp would sit. That's so the I final said, sound going into the amp, and yeah. So that's what I tell people. I said, just you know, set it at the end. It's one of them things you just, you just leave on. You know, yeah. You don't kick it on and on. You just leave it on. Does it does that work as a, like a noise gate as well? No. No. Okay. No. Uh, it's it's just it's a preamp. It's just. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, it's, it's, it's like a little boost like, going to the well, amp, right? It gives that final touch boost. up of all the it's sound. Very little yeah. boost. Yeah, yeah, because see, when when me and Greg talked about this, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking I got to be really careful because this is Greg Martin. Greg Martin's tone is legendary. Mm -hmm. I don't want to I don't want to screw that up. <laughs> I want to give something that he's going to be proud of, and he's going to be proud to put his name on, uh, and. So that's what we, we talked about it. We had some long talks back and forth, had, you know, I made several uh, prototypes and sent them to him and we settled on it. So uh, Boone's Mojo Box, that one is, uh, it's a two-in-one pedal. The first side's a chorus and the second is a tremolo and all of it's analog. Um Chris Chris's pedal. That's uh, another two-in-one pedal. It's a, a Jimi Hendrix fuzz face style pedal and an Ampeg Scrambler. And you can switch with his. Uh, you, you have to. You can switch back and forth. And, and you can't use them together. Like Boone's pedal, you can use the effects together. Uh, but with with uh, Chris's dose fuzz, you can only use either or the Ampeg Scrambler or the Fuzz Face, um, and it's really, you know, it's it's a great great pedal. What what does a Scrambler do? Uh, it's an octave fuzz. It's an octave up fuzz. So if you ever listen to uh, any of the old Cactus albums, uh, their guitar player use the, the scrambler a lot it's it's um it's kind of a raspy but it's an octave up fuzz and you, you when, what you do is you put put the guitar on the neck pickup uh and you roll your tone volume off and that's when hmm. you know up around when you get around the the octave the you know octave e 
uh, in that area that, you know, you, it's when you start noticing that the unique, oh, okay. And, and picture the solo in purple haze. That's an, that's Hendrix used an octaver, but it's the same thing. Interesting. Roll off the tone and then you, wow. And then you hit yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You put it on the neck pickup, you roll off the tone and you get that, octave up fuzz that's kind of what clapton did without the octave change on um sunshine of your love right he rolled the whole tone off pretty much yeah. on that and i don't know if he played at the neck pickup or not but that's like i don't want to call it a flat sound but that really muted underwatery sound almost yeah well you know clapton uh especially that sunshine of your love solo to me, it, it, when you when you do that, when you uh, roll that tone off, it gets real buttery, you know. Especially yeah. when you put it on the neck pickup, that's when I say it's yeah. real buttery. <laughs> and I and I love that tone. <laughs> but it's uh it's unique. Very, yeah. Uh, oh my gosh, Clapton, <laughs> you know, he's amazing. Is that one of your guys? One of my guys. He's one of my big influences. Absolutely, Cream. Oh. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. My my beef with Clapton weird. is he can't he could never keep a band together for very together. long. Yeah, I, uh, who knows? Uh, who knows? He's super talented, like substance abuse issues back in the seventies. So I mean, it could be you know. So now with the with, with your pedals. Is it is it all or just mostly like you know signature custom pedals? Is there anything no, talking uh, about going into like a mass production or right now? Uh, I mean, well, I still I, I still do booze, which uh, but you know Chris and Greg's, but no, I've got like I said my Kentucky Hot Brown, uh, which I swear by, um, but I've got my Super Sugar Buzz Fuzz, which is a germanium fuzz pedal. Uh, it's been, it's based off of a tone bender circuit. Um, oh man, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> well, it says your best sellers, your Greg the Martin vibe, Cedar Flat my Light vibe pedal. Mm -hmm. Your vibe. Oh, okay. The vibe. Yep. This, the that's vibe a single. Pedal. Yeah. It's a single pedal. As I said, it originally, I made it for Steve when he was in Otis, but since he's moved on to Blackstone Cherry, uh, I've kind of just took it back to just not being a signature pedal. Got um, an excess overdrive pedal? The excess. That's the that's my uh clon clone. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. So can you uh, explain like the the Kentucky Hot Brown and then the sugar fuzz? Okay, the Kentucky Hot Brown it, like I said I, I kind of base it off of the Wampler Pinnacle. Uh, so it's a transistor based uh, distortion. Uh, you know, and it's transistors have more of a, a tube like sound to them. Uh, and this one uh, has, uh, you know, basically six cascading uh, J202s, is what I use. He, J, he used the J201 transistor, I used the J202 transistors, uh, but it's six cascading transistors, and you get, you know, such a, an amazing tube-like sound uh you get that it gives you that warm brown sound that eddie van halen tone 
that's why I, I call it the Kentucky Hot Pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sugar Buzz Fuzz is, like I said, is a germanium uh, tone bender style uh, uh, fuzz pedal, and it's uh, very, you know, it's a simple circuit. Sounds really nice. Um, what else? Uh, yeah. <laughs> The XS Overdrive. Okay, so that's my Klon clone. Uh, I use some Russian D9E diodes. Those are my secret diodes, you know. Uh, but, you know, since JHS and Josh, they've come out with the Build Your Own Klon now. That's <laughs> kind of hurt everybody, every Klon clone builder, you know. <laughs> well, you, you, this is my question, just a statement, but you kind of see those build your own pedal kits everywhere where some very basic stuff is that, I mean, is that really, are those any That's good? great to start out with. Yeah. I just said to that out the my basics. first, my first clone clone that, you know, I tried to build and failed. It was a kit. Yeah. You know? Like Stuart, just... Sumac, they should, they sell those or like, I think you can go to Sweetwater and they've got some stuff yeah. online. I, yeah. I think I've got mine from Amazon. It was just, a yeah, yeah. Chinese. I've seen them on Amazon. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said, but after after I did that one and it failed, I, I went to another one that was a I built a point to point uh, buzz pedal. And uh, what does that mean? What does point to point mean? Point to point is you don't have a, a circuit board with traces. You have what's called a turret board, um, and and so instead of uh, the you 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 know the circuit board with the traces and you mm -hmm. this is you have to link all your components together to make the circuit got it uh, so in the you know like in the late 60s when you had your uh marshall uh point to points uh they used turret boards these big turret boards and the point to point marshals uh and the i think it was a 73 74 they started with the circuit boards on marshall you know but yeah, so that, that's the thing is that I don't really know if there's any difference in tone. I mean, some, uh, I guess some people that are into collecting vintage pedals probably will, will say there's tone, but it's more of the uh, components that would have a tonal difference because the, back then uh, the, the tonal, the, the components back then in the 60s we're really not in spec, you know, and so today's components are more in, in spec. So there's going to be your tonal difference. Plus, probably more consistency with the sound and the build and everything too. Yeah. Yes, you kind of know yep. what you're getting, but that takes away some of the fun too, because you know, you, just like with guitars, you might get something that just sounds great, even though there was a fifty others made that day, exactly. or sound bad. Exactly, I and mean, that's. The old story of Hendrix when he would pick a wah pedal, he had to go through twenty of them to to pick one he liked. <laughs> but for you doing a independent business and all that, yeah. it's probably nicer for you to be able to trust and get a consistent sound with your components. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the tolerance level components nowadays has gotten you know they've narrowed the margin and it's gotten really tight. Um, but yeah. So when a player, a musician comes to you and wants a custom pedal, what are the important questions that you need to ask them or they need to answer for you? Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, what are you looking for? Um, 
you know, and, and I, and I try to tell them, uh, you know, do you have any particular pedal in mind that you want to shoot for? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then I kind of look for the, look for the schematics. Uh, and then we go from there. Uh, and some people have brought me some wild ideas, you know, to have, you know, like I said, the two in one pedals. Um, uh, I think the craziest one was having a, like a, a, a distortion pedal in a, in a phaser, you know, in the same pedal. Uh, and that, that, which that gave me a great idea, but you know, to do like the Eddie Van Halen, you could have that in one pedal, you know? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And add a flanger to it. And there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, so that's, what, that's a thing, you know, is what, what do you, what are they looking for? And, you know, can you give me a pedal that you want to base it off of? Jeff, do you have like, like sound demos of your pedals on the on your website? Uh, I used to have some videos. Uh, I need <laughs> I, I need to make a a video page. Um, there was some some videos of Chris mm -hmm. uh, demonstrating the the dose fuzz. Um, but yeah, I, I'll I actually I'll I'll put that back up. Going back around to the custom pedals, though. So, if you get you get your initial build, are you sending it back to the artist for them to test out, give you notes on, yeah. get back to tweak it? Like, how yeah. does all this? How does the fine tuning go? That's and that's that's exactly what we do. Prototypes. Um, you know, I, I Chris Chris Roberts's prototype. Uh, we pretty much nailed it from the get go. I sent him a couple of prototypes. Uh, Greg's with Greg's pedal. I sent him a, you know, probably two or three prototypes uh, until we nail it down. They, you know, I sent it to them. They send me notes on, you know, what needs to be done and we make the changes. Yeah. Brian, what I'm thinking, stay with me here. <laughs> the all things blues and Southern rock pedal. There's a blue setting and a Southern rock setting on it. Jeff, what do you think? What, what we, if we it. had to build I a pedal, be Brian? Hit. What would we do? What would be the blues sound? Would be like a blues driver almost sound, and what would be the southern rock sound? Help us out here. What, what would we do? Southern rock. That you know, I think that would be more your tube screamer. Yeah. Uh, kind of sound the to you know get that Leonard Skinner kind of uh, Almond Brothers uh, thirty eight special kind of southern rock sound i think a uh, uh, tube screamer uh would be would be good and the blues driver that that's a great choice right there yeah uh fantastic pedal jeff we're gonna have to talk after the podcast to figure this thing out <laughs> <laughs> let's do it <laughs> i would use it in my playing that's all i know and it would work and it just works very well <laughs> got a blue setting the southern rock setting there you go yeah yeah that's great. Well, you know, bands like Leonard Skinner, I, I don't know what their pedal boards consisted of. I know that man, they used, like, back in the day, they used, like, PV amps. Uh, they used, like, a PV Mace, I think was the, the model. Uh, and that's that's crazy to think, you know, those guys, big as they were, you, you know, they uh, they'd probably have any amp in the world. They probably could have had any Marshall PV, in the yeah. world. They were using PV, you know. 
Those are more we're known for more like hard rock and metal for a little bit too, and they're very inexpensive. Yeah. Well, you know, they were the working man's amp. Yeah. This is, oh, yeah. is what it came to in the in the 70s and the 80s. It was the working man's amp. If you couldn't go for if you couldn't afford a Marshall, you know, you could afford a PV. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then Eddie Van Halen got a hold of them and did the 5150, and you know that was massive. And there, the 80s hard rock metal market really took a shine to PV. Absolutely. Absolutely. That whole 90s scene, the Alice in Chains and all that 90s grunge, they took to the the, the PV 5150 uh, a lot, big time. Michael Anthony, is, I think he's got a signature amp with them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, he's into like hot sauces, so it's probably something... <laughs> Matt uh, Anthony's Cafe, I think, is what it is. He does. He has his hot sauces. Does he, does he do barbecue sauce or just hot sauces? I think he's doing barbecue sauce now, too. I thought so, too. Yeah. So, uh, I just saw a little short video of him the other day. I think he's making, a, <coughs> he's making something with some barbecue sauce. Yeah. And then, he's got tequila, and Michael Anthony has barbecue sauce and hot sauce. What a combination. Oh, David. Sammy, Sammy Hagar hit pay dirt with that tequila. Man. Oh, he did. I've got some at my house. <laughs> David Ellison from Megadeth, he worked for PB for a while, too. Did he? Yeah, when he was out of Megadeth the first time. That's, you know, that's cool. And, and um, you know, which I'm not so much of a metal guy. I did go through a phase in my teenage years. <laughs> where I, I listened to you know Metallica and Megadeth. So yeah, we're on the, the peace cells, you know, but who's buying mm. era. That would be a great pedal too, the peace cells, like you know, drive or metal drive. Like that would <laughs> I can just that would be cool, man. That would be super cool. You're giving me ideas here. Keep them coming. It would be man. two, two. The peace cells, but who's buying? So the peace cells would be like, you know, the more clean and the who's yeah. buying would be like the big distortion. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Dave Mustaine, need, if you're you listening, have to deal with Dave Mustaine there. You know, <laughs> if, if Dave, if you're listening, we know you love our podcast. Get a hold of Jeff. Get a hold of Jeff. We're gonna do this. Uh, it would be, be such shy. a cool I'd design too. Cool. It would be such a cool design, like because it would be like that album cover or something. It'd be so cool. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Dave, Dave's a big, uh, big into Gibson now. He's got the Gibson uh, V's. Yeah, he's got all those signature, <laughs> signature models. models. I think both the Gibson and Epiphone ha- offers uh, yeah. one one each for him. Yeah, like yeah, the V's. Yeah, yeah, and then Kramer as well because they they Gibson. They're all owned by Gibson That's now. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Kramer did a a, a model. Um, cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, man, I haven't haven't played a Kramer in years. Uh, I think when Music Yo had bought them, uh, I'd bought one of the. Berettas and it was junk, you know. <laughs> I bought a Beretta special off of Sweetwater like two years ago when I think they had a sale, it was either 159 or 179. I had a $50 gift card. Yeah. I bought it for intentionally uh you know doing stuff to it. So I put a whole different pickup in it, yeah, tuners, bridge, um, nut, you name it, and it's actually it it's not very it's not bad and a new um volume pop because the other one was basically it was either one or ten there's nothing in between and you know it's kind of taught me a little bit how to do some of my own replacement work i've done 
tuning keys and some other stuff before, but never, you know, to the extent of re really replacing everything on it. Almost, I've thought about doing exactly what you, what you did. Because it's so cheap, man. It's so It was such mm -hmm. a cheap guitar, and I'm like, if I fuck it up, then it doesn't really matter. I'm really not out that much money. <laughs> I almost bought a Focus, but I just kind of got spooked out from reviews and any of the frets yeah. are real sharp, and the tuning peg was like hardly move on the on the bottom string. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. like a hot Look at paint, that. hot paint one. Um, Heck yeah. Seymour Duncan, like uh, super distortion kind of pedal uh, yeah. pickup and new turn on, new bridge and trim. Uh, How's the neck on that? Is it, is it, it's is actually it really neck? good, man. No, it's like it's pretty fast and smooth. Cool. Um, the frets were supply, surprisingly good. There's like no fret splite. Like it's not sharp. Yeah. Um, right. They were level and good. I didn't have to do crap to the neck or, or the um, the frets at all. I was very surprised in it it's nice it's it's very it doesn't grab your hand at all it's very uh slick and smooth yeah awesome so again like i probably put 200 bucks into this i bought it for just <laughs> over 100 and you know then when people send me stickers i put yeah, the stickers on it leilani kilgore dead dads junkyard I need, to send you a, I need to send you an analog sticker <laughs> yeah i'll slap it on there also, look, I even got a mule hot sauce because Brian and I use sticker mule for all of our, for our merch, and they send. <laughs> so speaking of Michael Anthony, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Do you have like, like preferred guitars, Jeff? Preferred amps? Uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, I've got I've got several guitars. I've got a, a 2015 Les Paul Standard. Uh, oh wait, wait, what kind of top do you have on that? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quilted or not a quilted. It's, it's a flame. Uh, it's tobacco, bourbon, iced tea. What are you, you going to show it to me? Oh, go get it. I'll show it. To you. Hang on. Go get it. Oh, please, please do. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you at home who can't see any of this stuff because we're an audio format only, we'll explain it to you the best that we can. And sorry. <laughs> All right, so oh, we got a couple. We got a couple. I've got a oh, couple. Is here. that an explorer? Is that an yeah. explorer? <laughs> yeah. So this is my 2015. Also, it's like a cherry heritage yeah. cherry burst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. got a crazy flame. Oh, on it. look at the yeah, Brian. Can you see all that? Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Yeah, and it's the hundredth anniversary. Uh, yep. Nice. Of the the Les Paul. So this is it's a chambered body, uh, and it sounds amazing it really does people it's like people a 60 style on, neck on that one right a little thin yeah. neck well it's crazy it's got a crazy it's it's a thin it's kind of thin yeah i see it wide yeah. thin yeah. and wide you know and i took the robo tuners off you took the robo yeah 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 and yep. put the yep. locking tuners on it yep good choice there uh that's a great top though that's beautiful and yeah my my 1990 Explorer. Oh, look at that wow. thing. Black <laughs> with a white uh, pick yeah. card. When I got this, it, it had EMGs in it. Uh, oh. And they had really yeah. done some Somebody crazy. Somebody was playing they put some like Megadeth on that. Yeah. yeah. They put the toggle here. And I, I when I got it, I was like, put it back to the way it's yeah. supposed to be. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome, too. How does that thing play? Oh, it's it plays amazing. Uh, it's uh, 
Yeah, you got to play some Scorpions riff on it when you get it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, man. Uh, It's it's great. The Explorers are making a comeback, Brian. Have you seen that? Like Ace, Vaughn Johnson got one from LA Guns, from Gibson. Like you're seeing more and more people. Actually, even the Explorer models come out now are kind of kind of a thing again. Uh, no, I've got I've got two SGs. I've got a well. If you're uh, an ACDC cover band, you yeah, come on, you it. have to have the SG. I've got a, a 1987 62 reissue. That's my baby, you know. Uh, Red. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I've got a 2021, 22 Ebony uh, 61 reissue. Uh, I keep going back to the 62 issue though. It's, it's, it's not bad. I've had it for so long. It's beat all to heck. <laughs> Did that 62 reissue have a trim bar on there and everything? No. 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 Okay. No, it's just a, the regular, the regular Gibson bridge. Uh, but the neck on it is, is very different from uh, your regular. Uh, SGs. It had, I mean, because if you remember back in the '80s, the SGs, those those mid '80s SGs, they were uh, advertised as having the fastest neck, you know. And so that's uh, it's a thin profile, wide neck, you know. And my Explorer is a, is a lot that same way. The '61 reissues have a little bit more chunk to them, you know. And the regular standards have a lot of chunk. There's, there's got a yeah. big fat neck on them. How about hey, amps? Speak- oh, amps, uh, good question. I've got, I've got a JCM 850 watt. That's a 1989 model, and uh, and I've got a, a 50 watt Origin that I just bought this past year, and I've actually replaced my 800 with it because it just sounds like acdc <laughs> have you ever been to electric lazy land have <laughs> <laughs> i have and you know I, I i've got i've got to uh to play on old hank plank you know is nice. uh, oh man Ain't nothing like it. <laughs> I, I'm trying to wonder what the rest of that room looks like because we just get like, you know, he's always got like all the Germino and, yeah. and you know, Marshall oh, yeah. Plexi heads behind him. And... Marshall stacked, Marshall heads stacked up. And uh, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's his basement. It's a, it's a cool room. Uh, and he keeps his, he keeps his uh, cabinet in the garage. Uh, so whenever he's practicing or was he can kind of, he cranks it, you know, and so it's not blowing, you know, everybody away, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> Jeff on your pedals, do they generally work better with like a humbucker pass style pickup single or single coil or does it not matter? <sighs> it, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I think, you know, because I mean, I play my Hendrix Strat through them, and yeah. and, I, and I, you know, of course, you know the the single coils are going to be underpowered, um, but you know, it still it has has a great tone. Um, yeah, and to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, certain guitar players out there that are, you know, swear by either single coils or swear by double coils. It's just teach his own, 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, a lot of the players that I think you're, you've worked with are all really humbucker style yeah, they players are. more so. And then you brought out your Les Paul and your Explorer also humbuckers. But I did yeah. hear you talk about your Strat before. So what do you what do you predominantly use with your Strat, like in terms of your pedals? Same thing, uh, hot round? The vibe. I, I like my Univibe and Fuzz. Uh, yeah, Fuzz would work really fuzz. well with the coil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I said, uh, Hendrix was probably my first guitar hero. Yeah. Uh, and and so I've got a lot of that influence in me, you know, and and that's when I, you know, when I pick up that guitar, I obviously kind of gravitate to that blues, you know. And when I pick up the SG, I gravitate towards the ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pick up an SG without playing an ACDC lick. That's you right. Know, the first 30 how seconds. would the hell? You got to you got to pick out how it. <laughs> you know? That's how you try it out. That's the only yeah. way. No, it's funny you, you mentioned that electric lazy. I remember the last time I was uh, at Greg's. You know his his wife Ruth, sweet lady. Uh, her favorite ACDC song is Thunderstruck. You know and. So every time he he says every time that comes on he she makes him crank it up so he had me uh, play it. <laughs> so I got a thunderstruck question for you. I got a th so do you on thunderstruck are you hammering on and pulling off or are you picking everything every time? I, I hammer on and pull off. Um, I'm not the cleanest picker in the world. Because I've seen it both ways, and I've heard yeah. Angus actually plays it by picking everything. But if he I does. try to play it, I hammer on, pull off. He does. Yeah. He picks that. He picks every note. Hell, yeah. Yeah. I I couldn't imagine, you know, because in in the recorded song, it's almost all the way through the song. Yeah. 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 Oh my God, he must have had the worst monkey ball. <laughs> <laughs> this permanently right hand, like. Yeah. curled over yeah <laughs> but no I, i'm not the cleanest picker in the world i hammer on and pull off i cheat i think it sounds better hammering on and pull off be honest with you <laughs> yeah uh I, i've tried it a couple of times in practice and i, I can get close but i'm just like i can't I get the do timing down doing that i can get the timing down better than hammer on pulling off right because yeah. it's like you know half half the pick yeah yeah i think i think it's because i'm a shitty guitar player honestly <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> i'm just going the lazy I, I, route i play acdc you know you know it's it's they all it's all the same song <laughs> but it sounds simple but it's not and you know what i mean like that is yeah. it sounds like it but until you start it's playing it, you can't it's not as easy it. yeah, as it it's sounds not, it's not it is yeah Here, I mean, but yeah. i've been been doing it for 20 years my band this is our 20th year of doing the acdc tribute uh and i love it i love doing it you know we're not huge there's some of these tribute acts now that are massive i mean I, I, honestly they they play better venues than national bands play yeah yeah of course yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh i'm not we're not that big you know we still play clubs and we've got to do three sets and, and believe me i know sitting through three sets of acdc's you know to a person that's not into it is probably painful you know? yeah <laughs> but yeah. we have diehard fans that follow us around they're the only band that can get away with putting hitting on the same record and still being cool and badass exactly oh yeah exactly <laughs> that last record they put out was really really good and i was listening to it yeah. while i was working out for like at least a month. I was surprised. Yeah. Oh, it's, 
It's a bit, but it's not. And I, and I I'm not down on them. I, I thought it was a great album. It was a great try, but it's, it's, you know, it's not like it used to be, you know, sure. There's yeah. they, they've, I guess they matured and, you know, not having Mutt Lang in there to, to produce their albums anymore. Uh, yeah. I mean, cause you, you, you look at, you know, Highway to Hell and Back in Black biggest their biggest albums yep. you know yep. and those were both mutt lang and then after uh you know uh mutt lang uh, stopped doing there after Lester, they started right? getting their, their brother george doing uh it, it was different you know it was just they were good songs great songs it was just different you know yeah yeah they weren't so blatantly like sexual <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> what percentage of ACDC songs would you say aren't about sex? Oh. 10? 20? I, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. It's either You're all about, either direct or euphemisms. It's about, it's about sex or hell, you know? Yeah, right. Sometimes it's the same thing. <laughs> no i'm kidding I, i'm kidding it's that's you know yeah they they do you know they're sneaky about the way they they slip that stuff in but um sneaky and smart like intelligent yeah. about it you know what i mean they're yeah. very uh we'll use a british slang they're very cheeky about it cheeky yeah yeah that's that's a good word there yeah. <laughs> jason uh, is it that time of the show Jeff, are okay. you ready for some stupid questions? Let's do it. All right. All right. Good. All right. We'll, we'll keep them mostly gear related for, you know, for you, but we'll throw a couple curveballs at you at the same time. All right. What is the best pedal that you've ever owned? My Kentucky Hot Browns. Oh, nice. I like it going with your own. What is the worst <laughs> pedal you've ever owned? Oh, I had uh, a Dan Electro, one of the backwards, a, a back talker. I think it was that was horrible. Yeah, didn't didn't sound good. Didn't work well. Cheap construction. What do we got? Yeah, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything. Um, if what's one pedal that you wish you had if money were no object? Oh man. Ooh, uh, probably Klon Centaur. Nice. Yeah. If you could perfectly replicate or clone any pedal, which, which the one you would go with? Um, the BK Butler tube driver. Why that one? Uh, it's, it's, uh, of course he uses a real tube. Uh, the, the, Overdrive is organic. Um, really nice, toneful pedal. Nice. If you had to play for one gig or one one time on stage, a guitar, an amp with one pedal, what's your setup? Um, good question. Uh, probably my Explorer, my Hot Brown, and... My origin cover a lot of cover a lot of sounds with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh gosh, I just lo lost track of what I was going to ask you. Uh, it was a really good question too. Unfortunately, <laughs> is it better to own an expensive guitar and a cheap amp, or an expensive amp and a cheap guitar? Or does it not matter? It's all on the plier. It's. I would say it's all on the player. Uh, you know, you could give Greg Martin a plastic guitar and a toy amp, and he would make it sound great. You know, and um, Eddie Van Halen would be the same. You know, you right. give him. It's all in the fingers. It's all in the fingers. <laughs> he could make junk sound like a. You know. The best. What is in the, the world? What is the best guitar? What is the best pedal? To cover up if you're a crappy sounding guitar player. <laughs> Hold on, let me grab my pen and paper. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not for Brian and I, it's for everybody else. <laughs> my Kentucky Hot Brown. <laughs> All right, every Kentucky Hot Brown, it is. Brian, I think I'm going to be making an online purchase after this show. <laughs> uh, are you a guy who's a purist in terms of amps where you have to have a tube amp or are you okay with solid states? I would prefer tube amps. Prefer tube amps. Prefer are you anti-solid state? You prefer tube? Are you okay with solid no. state amps? Uh, I've played some solid, like yeah. the, the Katanas, the Boss Katanas. Yeah. Fantastic have a lot amps. Of, yeah. I do have a Boss Katana 50K2, whatever, as a practice amp because I can plug in a bunch of stuff using my headphones. That's right. But I'm using, I use orange on stage. Built in so. effects. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But it's not, doesn't go live or in the studio right. with me. And that's, that's, and you can plug in your phone or a tablet too to program it or play along yeah. with stuff. It's really, yeah. it's pretty helpful. I got a follow up question on that. Like, what's you guys feeling on that? Like, to me, like I, I just got this orange, and I had a new X before, and I, I just I get distracted and kind of lost and in the forest with all that you know stuff you can use with apps and. I I prefer to keep it simple, I, I really do. Uh, you know, the, you can the, do a the, lot with your mid range and, mm -hmm. and and high settings and tone and volume. But you know, to, to me, the 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 perfect foundation, uh, it, you know, for for anything, you you got to have a good amp, a good. You know, to me, that's a good tube amp, and not knocking solid state, not knocking the digital mm -hmm. processors that are out now. You know, they're all incredible. A good a good foundation is where you want to start, and then go from there. Build from that. Brian, when I'm testing out like a new amp, what I do is I'll take the low, mid, and high, and I'll turn them all all the way to the right, and then mm -hmm. I'll start dialing stuff back a little bit just to try to bring stuff down and get the sound I want a lot. And then between the volume, volume and tone settings on your guitar or bass and on the amp itself too, you can do just a lot, like even without throwing too many pedals and things at it at the same time. Yeah. Not to take away from Jeff's business, but you can sort of – you can you can lock in a lot of stuff, then complement it with a, a Kentucky Hot Brown or a Overdrive or a Vibe or something with it too. If you need a little right. bit more, that's so my I technique. Have... I have no idea if it's right. <laughs> Fuck if I know. 
<laughs> my headset's about to go dead. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this was a good conversation. Jeff, you're going to have to come back and talk to us more, especially when you have our prototype of our all things blues and Southern rock. Pedal. <laughs> I'll get to work on that. Yeah. <laughs> the blues setting and the, and the Southern rock setting. Where do we send our listeners to go to find out more about you, your pedals, order stuff? Um, analogpedals.com. Uh, you can email me at jeff at analogpedals.com. Uh, but, you know, take, take, take a, uh, go to the website, look around, uh, shoot me a message if you have any ideas for anything unique or that you're not on the site. Shoot me a message. And I think you're on Instagram, correct? I am. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> He's on TikTok, Brian. I'm He's on, on TikTok. TikTok. We're going to have to get on TikTok <laughs> one of these days. We're not there yet, but maybe so. Not there. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, man. It was a great conversation. We look forward to talking to you more. Over to you, Brian. All right. Thank you so much to Jeff Boland from Analog Pedals to coming on the podcast. We've been wanting to talk to you for a while. And, you know, we're obsessed with Kentucky and, you know, it's one of the areas of the country where there's more stellar musicians clustered in one place than <laughs> a lot of other places. So That's we right. just love Kentucky. So thanks for coming on, man. It's my pleasure. Thank you all so much for having me. Thank you so much to Jeff Boland for joining us. We wanted to get him on for a while. And it, it sounds like uh, the Kentucky hot brown. That, that, that's got to be the, the thing to get. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at it. I had the website up before we were interviewing in a while just to kind of follow along. And I'm looking at the Kentucky hot brown. And Brian, you know, I've been playing guitar a long while. I've had pedals. I've had boards, all that. I've never really been curious enough to ask how and why these things are put together and what makes them that and between the questions that you and i had and jeff was nice enough to answer i got a little bit better understanding about pedals now yeah i mean i kind of had to just try to take it in in layman terms you know when he's talking about capacitors and diodes and stuff and i'm just like i understand a little bit of that stuff <laughs> jeff just really a little bit but not you know jeff could have told me that magic elves are running those pedals and i believe it. I, I thought magic elves <laughs> actually ran those and i was very surprised there's actually electronic components in them yeah um so uh, uh you know it's great to hear about like the, the technical aspects of you know he's talking about the sg like use the neck pickup roll roll the roll the tone off yeah and what and, effects to go with it for for that yeah and I'm playing the neck pickup on my SG. To me, that sounds the best. I haven't rolled the tone off yet, but I, I got to try to. It has do that definitely a warmer, brassier sound. I call it a little bit. But when you roll the tone off of it, so if you roll the tone all the way down, it's like I I call it flatter underwater. He probably had a better, ex buttery sound, especially if you have a really good neck pickup. It's got that. If you roll the tone off of something completely, it definitely gives it any guitar a different sound. Yeah, you're talking about a scrambler pedal. So yeah, which it sounds like that was an octave, you know, set, set something right. up one octave. Yep. So that's a real interesting set. And I almost wonder if Chris, I didn't ask that. We should have. Mm -hmm. When does he use that? Is he using that just for if he's soloing or is he using that like actively through a song? Yeah, next time we have him on, we're going to have to find out all about We're going to have to ask him about that. When he's done Pokemon hunting, he can talk to him about where to use this as a uh, dose fuss pedal. But Brian, I tell you what. I would love to see an all things blues and Southern rock pedal, dual pedal, blues sound, Southern rock sound. That would be super cool. I'm about ready to go get a tube screamer and a blues driver. There. You, <laughs> yeah. I, I used to, I used to have a blues driver. How was that? Um, it was, it was, it was good. It was, 
Uh, once I switched to my flywheel and a couple other things, it was sort of irrelevant. So I actually sold it because it's it's a good pedal. But yeah, it was good when I was using it when I was making a little bit of a my own pedal board. Now, yeah, Tube Screamer, Ibanez Tube Screamer, they're great, but they're like two hundred bucks. They're pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and I know I listened to I listened to sound demos, but I think sometimes like on the internet, it's it's hard to distinguish. You know, like it when you, you see someone like demoing a guitar or whatever, and oh, here's where the roll tone roll off here. And it, you can't really, if you're not there in front of it, can't really hear it. But I said, like I said, I, the blues driver sounded like I had a real subtle kind of, you know, I, the blues I think driver's like more definitely crunch. a little bit subtle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's a little bit, it's, it's a good for that blues sound. If you want the rock sound, the tube screamer is the way to go. And we should have a pedal with, with each one on there, Brian. You think people would listeners would get bored if like you gave me guitar lessons for one episode? <laughs> no, we can do that. We can sit there. <laughs> I don't there know. I don't think so. All things that we can do. <laughs> I I will say though, the best thing to do in lessons is just go on YouTube and find practice drills just for running up and down the neck and practicing uh scales. And you I can found kind of get... I found a great app. I can't think of the name of it right here, but it's, oh, there's, there's a million of them. Great, yeah. you know. So. Gibson and Fender both have apps yeah. with, with Fender kind play, of tutorials yeah. on yeah. there, um, all sorts of stuff. But it is way easier to learn to yeah, play. I, I think days. so, yeah. Because I've kind of like thought about, you know, and I've, you know, sent out some messages to some folks, you know, about possibly taking lessons over Zoom. And, um, but I think this Just is the get, way to go. Fretting the strings, man, and fretting them cleanly and uh, picking alternate picking. So down, up, down, up as you're yep. fretting. And yep. like you, you get that down, dude. It's all it's all gravy after mm, that. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, we got to thank Jeff again for coming on. That's the you know that's our guest, and we're kind of getting uh, you know meandering off on our own things, which is fine. But yeah, <laughs> no, great guy. I'm so glad that he came on and to learn about his pedals and learn about how they're all made. So, um, as you learn more about that, always remember Southern Rock is reverent, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 